Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today is episode 98, and we're going to be doing a little bit something different. We're going to be going over Joey R's book today, but real quick, um, let's give an introduction. We have Adam W. How are you doing this afternoon, Adam? Hey, good to see you again. Yeah, it was good seeing you. Everyone here has done a podcast in the past. That's how we all met each other, and Kevin helps run the group. That's the second introduction. This is Kevin. He's in charge of our social media team here at Addicts Anonymous. You want to say hello, Kevin? Hey, guys. How are you? All right. And then the last is Joey R. He actually wrote the book we're going to be going over today. What's up, Joey? Um, yeah, look, I'm excited. I want to do this. All right. Sounds good. So let's get first thing is, what is the title of your book? I'm going to. Uh... Can you see? All right. So is you have the power to fully recover from your alcohol use disorder. No steps required. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So today we're going to be reviewing that book, or I should say we're going to be picking a section and going over it. And the section is the three commitments. Yes. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Joey. It sounds like you're going to uh, read a portion of that and we're going to go over the, uh, the article. So it's okay, all you everybody. All right. Everybody's got a copy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. Here we go. Uh, the, the three commitments. Number one, to remain sober. Number two, to create a positive lifestyle. And number three, to seek happiness and contentment. If you commit to remaining sober by just saying no to alcohol, there is a possibility, albeit a small one, that in the long run, you will succeed. However, if you make a commitment to change your lifestyle, and seek happiness and contentment, as well as remaining sober, your degree of success will drastically increase. So are you now ready and willing to make a commitment? Not just a wish or a hope, not just a decision. Making a decision is a start, but making a commitment goes far beyond that. A commitment involves attentiveness, dedication and devotion, determination and effort. It's about making a pact with yourself, making it a non-negotiable priority. Once you commit, you become personally responsible for your success, for your own freedom. That really is quite empowering. And right now, that is exactly what you need to be self-empowered. Instead of turning over your will to some higher power, you are empowering yourself. You are strengthening your will. You will discover a higher power within you. You already have the power. You just need to access it. To remain committed, you need to be adaptable, patient, focused, and most of all,
We lost him for a second. Yeah, give it a moment. I'm going to pause this for a moment and we'll come right back. To remain committed, you need to be adaptable, patient, focused, and most of all, determined. No thing, no person, no place, and no situation can make you drink. You choose to drink, and that is why only you can commit to not drink alcohol. There is no one that can make you happy other than yourself, and there is no one who could take that happiness away from you. You need to be your biggest believer and your strongest supporter. Again, your threefold commitment consists of remaining sober, maintaining a positive lifestyle, and pursuing happiness and contentment. These three commitments share a collectively beneficial relationship. By abstaining from alcohol and adjusting your lifestyle, you will become happier and more content. As your happiness increases, you will find it easier to make improvements to your lifestyle and the positivity of your new lifestyle will overshadow any thoughts about drinking, thereby helping you to remain sober. It is a positive upward spiral with only favorable results. You are committing to fundamentally change the way you live. Know that all this is not an overnight fix, not an instant solution to your difficulties. It is a path of transformation, a process that requires your commitment. It will take determination, patience, and a sustained effort to establish new habits that will bring about real happiness. A state of happiness that will remain despite having to deal with life's inevitable difficulties and challenges. You're remaining sober so that you could find real happiness and contentment instead of experiencing a series of temporary momentary pleasures. You have the ability, but do you have the willingness to take on such a radical change of lifestyle? I strongly urge you to do everything in your power to achieve and maintain positivity and happiness in your life. It is most definitely worth it. You are worth it. It's going to be life-changing in a good way. I encourage you to make that commitment and make it right now. Choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. By choosing a sober lifestyle, you will be in the minority, but that minority is actually growing as people are starting to realize that excessively drinking alcohol is nothing more than a slow suicide. That the was end. great. Yeah, that was great. <clears throat> Real quick before we get into it, I do like that one line at the end, choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. That was great, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we almost don't have a chance, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I have a a, a say in that. It, it, it's it's, it's got to be. Otherwise, we're going to go backwards. So um, there is three commitments. Let's talk about the first one. Let's break them down. To remain sober. Yeah. Sound, sounds easy, right? No. <laughs> Yeah, just remain sober, you know, no problem. Mm. So I guess let's talk about what do we do to remain sober? And I guess if you want me to lead by example, I'll go first. So an example would be, for me, this. <clears throat> this keeps me sober. You know, besides doing stuff that we're making con uh, content to help people, I'm also getting to talk to other addicts. And for some reason, whenever, whenever 
us addicts get together and have conversations, we just feel better. Because it's like it's like automatically sitting down and before you say anything, you know this guy's gonna get it or this gal is gonna get it. Because they 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 they're gonna understand. When you sit down with other people, a lot of times the first thing that goes to my mind personally is oh shit, they're not gonna get it. <laughs> this is gonna go right over their head, right under their head, through the sides. It is they're not gonna get it because they can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It also feels good to know that you're not alone. Right. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely huge to know that you're not alone. But to continue what I was saying, so for me, it's just to remain sober is doing this. I also write a lot of articles for us. You know, obviously, Joey made this article. This is uh, the Three Commitments Examined. This is the article he took an excerpt from his book. Um, but yeah, this is what keeps me sober. Also doing things like meditation, making sure self-care is very important. Like right. I might work my ass off during the day doing this and my full-time job. But once it, everyone will tell you, Kevin will tell you, I go dark at about nine o'clock. Jimmy's no longer online. He's not answering messages. I go dark because I, I take an hour for myself, maybe two. I watch some TV. I relax. I eat. And then I go to bed. So that's very important to me. <clears throat> And another thing, this, this all might sound like silly stuff, but for anyone listening, they obviously have an addiction issue. Most likely you might have some sober people listening, but sleep is also very important because a lot of us, you know, we don't go to bed till late. That's thing, you know, we have to wake up early for work and then we are tired all day. It puts us in a bad mood and everyone or should know the acronym Paul, which the last one is tired, angry. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Um, so that's a big thing that your sleep is very important. You know, it is, might be one of the most important things because if you don't wake up on the right foot, it's very hard to come back from that. You know, sometimes the day changes, but a lot of times it's hard to come back from a bad start to the day. You're kind of in a lesser mood the rest of the day. <clears throat> but yeah, I think. That we, uh, to remain sober, which is the first commitment, we need to keep busy. It just depends what we're keeping busy with. So who wants to go next, how they remain sober? Okay. All right. What's up, Kevin? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, you know, like you said, there's several things, you know, that I put together during the, uh, during the day, you know, that I have to, you know, repeat over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and the big, one big thing is uh, um, helping others, you know. Um, I, I sponsor people, I, you know, talk to people online all the time, every day, um, you know, and share how I recovered. Um, you know, how I recovered isn't the same as everybody else. And I think, um, I think what we try to, uh, the thoughts we try to impose on people here at Addicts Anonymous, it, it doesn't really matter how you recover as long as you recover. You know, your life becomes manageable again. The people that you love are back in your life again. Um, you can hold a job, whatever works for you, you know. Um, and, 
you know, this, this article is awesome. Um, the only thing that um, I don't, I'm not quite in line with is um, that one, one or two little paragraphs, you know, this is my story. So it doesn't mean what I'm going to say is right or wrong. You know what I mean? But um, in, in my recovery, um, I tried so many different ways. Uh, I tried imposing my will and, and you know, I, until, you know, I, I believe in God, as soon as I accepted God, um, you know, and, and tried to do his will instead of mine, uh, things got tremendously better. And, you know, I'm sober now three and a half years and, you know, I've never, I've never been able to achieve that in all the other ways I've tried. But again, that's my story. You know, um, everybody's just different. Not everybody believes in God and, you know, doesn't matter to me, you know, as long as you get sober, that's awesome. You know, um, for me too, going to meetings, um, I, I go, I, I attend two or three of ours a week. And then, you know, I have others that I attend, you know, it's good for me to hear other people's uh, take on things, you know, cause you never know when you're going to learn something, you know, everything, all the knowledge I have came from somebody else. I, I didn't think of any of this stuff up on my own, you know, it was all handed down to me from all different sorts of recovery, you know, um, mainly for me, it was 12 steps, uh, you know, and, and just say real fast, you know, Bill and Bob's thought of um, altruism, you know, one alcoholic or addict helping another um, to stay sober is, is paramount. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's, it's what we do, you know, um, not only to spread awareness and, you know, you never know whose life you're going to touch, you know, but uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah. Like you said, everyone's recovery is different. So some people, that's why in our four pillars that we added community, because it could be part of your religious community and believing in God. Because some people out there, they they need something else. They need that third party to be their higher power and something to look up to and want to use to empower themselves. But can also yeah, yeah. No, you go, Kevin. And I said in reading this, it lines up with our four pillars. You know what I mean? That's that's why you know since Joey's been introduced and and the stuff that I read that he's written really fits well into our program, you know. Oh yeah, we clicked uh, that first day we met. We were just talking. I forget it was before or after the interview, but yeah, a lot of the things definitely align with the the four pillars. You know, hard work and discipline could be squeezed into here as far as you need to right. make a commitment. You know, you need to stick to that commitment. You know, so yeah, a lot of the things align, and also self love, you know, self care. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Adam, how do you remain sober? We're still dissecting the three commitments, and the first one is to remain sober. Yeah, uh, boy, uh, there's a lot to unpack here already. Um, Uh, as far as remaining sober, um, 
I utilize uh, an enormous amount of recovery programs, recovery literature, um, as well as uh, critical thinking skills, uh, which were um, well expressed in that piece, and also spiritual teachers as well, um, and a lot of healing work. So um, when listening to the literature, uh, it reminds me of um, a little bit of Dharma recovery, uh, what was once referred to as uh, refuge recovery. Um, there's also smart recovery. Um, there is atheist synonymous. Um, you know, there, there's just so many different avenues to, um, to take, so many different paths. And I'm reminded of an old um, metaphor where there's many different ways up to the mountaintop. Right. Uh, you know, you can hike, you can take a, uh, a mule, you can take a helicopter, but as long as it gets you to the mountaintop, that's the point, <laughs> you know? So I think this is an excellent way to frame recovery that is more inclusive to people that have a problem with the God concept. Um, and I love how the literature references tapping to the power within, the divine within. Um, I think that's the whole, um, you know, philosophy towards uh, religion is pointing to, whether you look at Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism, it's all about the kingdom of heaven is within. And so it's a very empowering way to approach recovery is to tap into that power within, the divinity within. However you define it, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, everything that I do tries to aim towards focusing my energy in that positive direction as far as staying sober is concerned. Adam? Adam, Adam, you, you stole the, uh, you stole my next, uh, my next thought. Um, I was just, I was just going to say that um, I, I, I certainly believe in a higher power. I, I certainly, and if you want to call that higher power God, that's cool too. Um, yeah. And I do believe, like what Jesus said, that the kingdom of God is within your midst. And yeah. it's kind of like what you said. You have, you have got it within you. Um, Buddha said it's in buddhism it's like it's it's um you have buddhahood it's 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 already within you it's just a matter of reaching down and, and finding those inherent um good qualities god-given qualities about you um that are going to help you out in in, in recovering yeah so, and uh, the other thing to, to what really helped me uh uh, remained sober, uh, especially for the first year or so, was writing the book. I mean, because when you write, you just don't write. Like like Kevin said, there's nothing new that you come up with. We just we just hear things from everybody else, and 
we kind of put them together and make sense out of them and and that's it this is like a culmination of like oh i don't know 75 to 100 different publications and books and whatnot so um it, it's not all me it's it's you know it's just me relaying you know the good stuff that's out there yeah I mean, we do a ton of articles, and that's all really it is when you're doing some type of article for things like this. It's just research. And through that research, you pick out what you think are the most important parts of each article or each book, and you just throw it into the article. It's just, I consider it a gathering. You're a collector of information. It's just you're the tool, because a lot of people, they don't want to go through 75 books. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's America. And people are lazy. They want the quick version of it. They want the quick version. And Kevin, just so you know, you're muted, Kevin. But uh, they want the quick version. And it's not always the case, but people like you and people like me and Chrissy that write for Addicts Anonymous, we're just gatherers of information, putting it into right. a, a paper or an article. And somebody might read ours and use a piece of ours in their next article. And it's a, just a continuum. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So let's go to the next one, which is to create a positive lifestyle. Um, so I'll go first again. And this for me, <clears throat> it comes back to this group and not to just keep using the group, but this is now a lifestyle. for me. Like recovery is very much a lifestyle. Like when you get up in the morning, just everything is going to be different. You know, maybe you have to do some positive affirmations in the mirror. Um, you might have to make sure you eat a healthy breakfast because once again, going back to that acronym HALT, we talked about tired earlier. First one's hungry. So make sure you eat a good meal. I mean, and these are the things that normal people might be able to afford to skip without it destroying their day. But for some of us, you know, if we don't have our proper meal in the morning, that is going to really affect the rest of the day. You're kind of hungry. That leads to being angry. And it's kind of just a, a cycle that you don't want to put yourself in. But yeah, to create a positive lifestyle is also trying new things. Like meetings to me were also new. So hitting up meetings was my way of creating a positive lifestyle, surrounding myself with people that we are in sync. We've, we've shared the same experiences. I can understand them. They can understand me. So that's also part of creating a positive lifestyle is it can also tie into the Addicts Anonymous four pillars, where it's community. Creating a positive lifestyle is also about surrounding yourself with the right people. And it's also about making sure the wrong people are pushed out of your life. Sometimes it's hard to create a positive lifestyle. You have to say goodbye to your drug dealer. Guess what? A lot of drug dealers are your good friend or your best friend. <laughs> And you got to turn around and look them in the eyes and say, dude, we can't chill no more. And the story you're, you know, you're still on crack or whatever you're doing, heroin, or you're drinking, or you're compulsively spending, you're a gambler. And I'm also a gambler. So that's also part of creating a positive lifestyle. Like yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I was, um, I don't mention it in this article, but uh, um, as far as positivity, it has a lot to do with our, our own personal qualities as well. Um, if we're engaging in things or if our um, 
we cultivate a, a good character traits like kindness and compassion and generosity. And, and we have um, those positive emotions and, and, and positive behaviors. Um, when you're involved in all that, and you know, like Kevin said before about giving, giving back or, or sponsoring somebody or, or helping somebody else understand uh, what you're going through and what, what you need to do. Um, stuff like that, like giving back, that, that's, that's a big positivity. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about um, when I went to the hospital one time, um, I forget what it was for. I think I had sepsis or something, you know, an infection from, um, yeah, I was an IV drug user. But you know how some people say things to you and it just sticks? Uh, the nurse, while I was leaving, she said, uh, make healthy choices. And something just clicked. <laughs> you know, the, the concept of making healthy choices. Um, and I, and I, I use that a lot before I act. You know, I'll use the concept of pause a lot and ask myself, you know, is this a good, healthy, positive choice? And um, I think that uh, a lot of people that go to meetings have a negative experience um, as far as 12-step traditional groups. And it really pushes them away. Um, you'll hear a lot of people talk about going to meetings triggered the urge to drink for them. Or to me, yeah. Yeah, or that they felt judged. Or um, uh, a lot of times, um, I guess what I'm getting at is even though you're in so-called recovery and in uh, a 12-step program and sober doesn't necessarily mean that you are a positive, healthy person. And um, because it, they, they talk about addiction is 90% behavior, you know, 10% is just the drugs and alcohol. You know, so you get rid of the drugs and alcohol and the lifestyle, the behaviors are still there, you know, because we've developed these patterns, you know, it took a long time for me just to stop stealing out of stores, sober, you know, I was um, still uh, clinging to the old idea that it was okay for me to take things without buying buying them <laughs> and you know I had somehow justified this behavior and obviously that's a negative behavior and so a lot of this I think is looking at patterns looking at behaviors understanding what is positive what is negative and also the idea of discernment as far as um, listening to your gut and whether or not a person that is somebody that you want to surround yourself with, because a lot of times also I'll end with this thought is in, as far as sponsorship is concerned, 
some people take that on as like they're your guru and they're going to control your life and that's very disempowering you know so i'll just i'll get leave it to somebody else to to, uh, to uh, chime in with some of those thoughts well, <clears throat> um, yeah, you go, Kevin. I'm sorry, I, my volume for me listening somehow went off. I don't know what happened, but I could hear a little bit of what you're saying. Um, you know, creating a, a lifestyle for me um, and, and for many is it's a process. You know, um, I learned through therapy and, and meetings and steps, you know, everything. Uh, I had to put it all together. But, you know, the, the one thing my therapist stressed with me was kind of a cognitive thing. Um, you know, my thoughts control my behaviors. My behaviors control my emotions. And then and, and that all can lead up to bad decisions. Uh, you know, when I'm able to change what's going on inside my head uh, is the start of creating a new lifestyle, uh, a better lifestyle. Um, recognizing my bad decisions um, helps me to make new good decisions. Uh, you know, and it took me a while to figure this all out, you know, and it just, again, it's from listening to other people. Um, when I was able to achieve all this, you know, my lifestyle started to change. Um, the whole holistic approach, you know, eating better and uh, getting the right nutrients. And, uh, you know, I, I've been doing very well at it. The only thing I got left is the darn smoking. But, um, you know, when we go, when I would go through all that and, and um, you know, the one thing I was able to learn is, you know, if I'm if I think I'm about to make a wrong decision, I can step back and look at it, you know, and, and uh, you know, figure out what I'm doing wrong. Um, and that's that's a, a big step for me because I never, you know, I was impulsive, you know, and, and everything, you know, when I was in my uh, active addiction and uh, when my mental health goes untreated, uh, you know, uh, once we learn all these things, then you know the, the new lifestyle just gradually just starts working its way into it, and you know you look back and you think, man, I'm not I'm not living like that anymore. You know, I, I'm doing good. I'm getting exercise. I'm eating good. I'm sleeping. Um, you know, all the all the good things you know that come along when you make that you know eventually make that conscious decision that I have to change my lifestyle, um, and and you know that includes people, places, things, uh, everything, you know, um, and it's an ongoing thing. It's repetitive for me every day, um, you know, wake up, meditate, uh, do, you know, do what I normally do, read scripture or pray, um, and then continue on with my day and, and try to make great, great choices, um, all throughout the day. And then, you know, that creates, uh, you know, a better lifestyle. That's important. Creating a better lifestyle for yourself is very, very important. 
Yeah, that, uh, that that's why mm. I, I refer to it as, as a radical change of lifestyle. Because basically, I don't know about you guys, but I had to do a 180. I mean, I, um, I didn't, I didn't think about like you mentioned it before. I think Jim, you talked about self care, yeah. right? Um, that's like a daily part of my um, routine. It's a daily routine to have self care, to meditate, as you mentioned, to uh, exercise. Um, I know I mentioned it to you one time, um, my wife and I go out into nature, we do nature hikes every week. And there's, there's, you just, I don't know how to describe that. I'll, we'll talk about that another time, but it's just, that's been a big part of my sobriety as well. We've been doing it for about a year and a half now, every weekend. Um, yeah. but there's so many things. I mean, everybody's got different things, but you know, as long as like, um, I think Kevin mentioned, it's like, you know, healthy, healthy lifestyle. You know, um, that's that's really the goal. Um, something, you know, like as like positivity, um, you know, learning from the Dalai Lama that he, uh, and, and also not just the Dalai Lama, but from neuroplasticity um, and uh, training your brain that you want to have more positive emotions than negative emotions. Not saying that negative emotions are bad. They, they serve their purpose they uh, are, were meant to be temporary and they're like a warning sign you deal with the problem and that's it and then you start focusing on the positive so um see right now i, I forgot where i was going but um yeah but all these all these are positive things that um you, you know you incorporate in your in your new lifestyle yeah very important so Kevin's going to be back in just a moment. He was having a bit of technical difficulties here. He is, hopefully, he's, uh, hmm. solved. Gotta love technology. Brings us all together, but then it yeah. does stuff like this. But the third commitment is to seek happiness and contentment. Yeah. I think the, I think the first two words are very important, to seek. Some people kind of wait for things to fall on their lap. Like, okay, I stopped drinking. Now I'm, I'm all good to go. Oh, hell no. You still have a long <laughs> way to go. Once you quit drinking, that's just the beginning of a long, long journey. You know what I mean? Some people, yep. they don't seek anything. And you have to seek happiness and contentment. Right. Right. Absolutely. And seeking happiness could be... Like for me personally, I'm content. I'm happy and I'm content. When my day just goes like this, where I go, wait, well, today was a little late, but usually I wake up, I can meditate. I take my time on Sundays. I do a podcast. I take a little break. I do another podcast. And I'm doing things because they're making me happy. It makes me content. If, if this did not make me happy, I would still do it because I think it needs to be done. People need to have their stories told. But I, I would not probably do it as much. You know, I typically do three to four podcasts on a day that I'm off. Mm. Kevin, my schedule now is access to my calendar, but um, yeah, but I seek it out. I go out and I look for things that make me happy. Go read a book, go just, you know, look outside, see the birds going around, smell the fresh grass when it's cut. So I seek out little things that make me happy. And, you know, as far as contentment, that's a big thing is just 
being happy where you are and being okay with everything around you. Like there are some times where I'm just okay with everything around me. I'm content. Nothing needs to change. You know, I'm just content with what I have. But I still don't stop seeking. I'm still always looking for new things to make me happy. I don't want to be an addict and like kind of find the next fix and just do uh, my recovery the wrong way. But I need to find things that are going to... Happiness is the journey to content. Does that make sense? Like your, your happiness is you joining or you doing your process to get to content. Because once you have happiness to a certain degree, you're going to be content. You're going to say, okay, I, you know, I don't need anything else in my life. And that's a hard thing to do because nowadays in society, people feel they need, always need new things in their life to show off where, whether it's the next big car, nice car, or their clothes, it's all status symbols. But they're not right. seeking, in my mind, they're not seeking happiness in the right places. Right. Um, both both the Dalai Lama as well as uh, Carl Jung, the you know psychologist, uh, both agree that happiness, true happiness, is found within. It's not based on form. It's not based on material. Um, material things in life it's not based on not even on situations in life it, it's based on you know what's in between your two ears that that's what makes you happy and a big part of that is like you mentioned about contentment um you need gratitude you need to be um happy thankful appreciative of what you have satisfied with what you have and basically saying to yourself you know what yeah, I may not have everything, but I've got enough. You know, this is enough for me. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need any. I don't need any more pie. I had enough. You know, that's it. So, um, yeah, and it's the things within that um, really, really make us happy. And and obviously, and doing for others as well. Um. You know, for me, when I look at it in the aspect of active addiction versus recovery, you know, when I was in my active addiction, I couldn't imagine life being happy without using something, you know, and that was a big barrier for me to break because everywhere I went, I had booze in my hand, everywhere, mm. Um, mm. or other substances, you know, or heroin or whatever, Um yeah. Yeah, because I'm a, you know, I'm a trash can. <laughs> Anything that gets me out of myself, I did. Mm. But, uh, you know, and, and it was, again, it's a process to learn. I mean, all, you know, there's several things I had to do. Like, um, I'm a person with bipolar, so, and I spent long periods of time in the, the depression end of it, you know, and, um you know, it was explained to me, happiness just doesn't come. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, eventually just drop in your lap. You have to seek it. Yep. Um, you know, get rid of the negative thoughts. Hook up with people who um, are sober or don't have a problem, you know, um, that aren't inflicted with what we're inflicted with. You know, go out, shoot pool, go bowling, you know, go to the movies, you know. Stuff I, I I had stopped doing, you know, because I, I didn't see the happiness in it. I didn't see the fun in it. 
you know, and with the process of, of recovering, all that stuff for me, it was a little bit slow, but you know, it, it started coming back, you know, when I, when I started, you know, practicing things that other people told me to do, I was like, holy crap, you're right. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, like I said, you know, that again, it comes, you know, it comes down to you have to seek it. It just doesn't fall in your lap. And sometimes it's a process to learn, you know, to relearn, to rethink all these things. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's a long process. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, on as far as seeking happiness and contentment, um, that became a really important, like crucial question for me when I discovered um, in my spiritual journey that everything that I was seeking um, for happiness was basically an illusion um, that uh, I was taught growing up that happiness and success is making a lot of money and owning a lot of material things and having a beautiful woman on my side to, uh, you know, affirm that I'm a good person and also get a lot of appreciation and praise from people. And this is what I was really addicted to. And um, when I discovered some spiritual teachers through my journey, like Alan Watts, um, Anthony DeMello, um, Carl Jung was an excellent resource to integrate uh, the unconscious, the shadow, the trauma that I had experienced as a child, you know, that kept me in a state of survival. All of these teachers and tools were very important for me to deconstruct and let go of the old ideas that kept me trapped in this disillusioned state of um, basically unhappiness. Like I was miserable and in a constant state of fear and anxiety and worry, always reaching outside of myself to change the way I felt. And so, um, you know, I, I would I would say that, you know, as far as happiness and contentment was concerned, you know, learning about those things and understanding where all of this information came from, like I um, quoted in um, our podcast, you know, my information came from misinformed people. And so now as I learn these new concepts and begin to understand and grasp that happiness does come from within and letting go of all these old ideas, then I can experience true happiness, joy, and contentment. I start to actually get a taste of it and I, and I want more. And so now that's what drives me every day as far as my spiritual maintenance is concerned and my commitments to stay sober is as I engage in these practices of um, connecting to the divine within and nature and um, expressing myself through my creativity, my gifts and my talents, and also enjoying true authentic connection with other people, deepening and enriching my relationships 
through authentic, honest connection and love and intimacy uh, and vulnerability. These are the things that really give me uh, true happiness and joy and contentment without chemicals. And that's what I've been seeking the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you touched on trauma too. Um, That got me thinking real quick. Um, You know, I... I had to get rid. Um, how, how can I put this so it's understandable? Um, you know the the trauma in my life, the guilt, the shame. Um, you know, for the the stuff I inflicted on my kids, the trauma I went through myself, being molested and and you know having somebody really close to me dying who wasn't supposed to die, and when I was a child, and um, you know all that stuff. Yeah, I had to. I had to get rid of it. I had to, you know, um, give it up. Yeah, you had you to know? heal. Exactly. Before the yeah. happiness could begin, you know. And a and big thing for me was, you know, when I was, uh, let's say, introducing trauma to my children, I didn't realize I was doing it. I didn't know anything about trauma. I didn't know anything about recovery or, or whatever, you know. And when I figured it out. It caused me trauma, you know, because, you know, why did I do that crap, you know? Yeah. It, you know, and there's a, a lot of stuff that I did that caused trauma to the kid, to my kids. Nothing, you know, uh, nothing physically or, or anything, but, you know, them witnessing me doing this crap that I did caused trauma for them. And they, two of them have PTSD now, you know, yeah. be, because yeah. of the crap that I and my ex inflicted on the kids you know and and it took me a long time uh, several years you know because i kept relapsing and relapsing to finally realize you know i I can't hold on to these feelings or or these emotions these thoughts because it's keeping me sick you know and and to me it's all about being sick in the mind and and that's what it is um and i have to change it you know before i can get better well just that just the fact that you recognize that is huge and that you're working to heal that part. And um, I definitely, I applaud you for having the courage to even look at it because the majority of people, um, you know, are so trauma, it's trauma is so prevalent in our society that most people don't even recognize it's there. Right. And it's, it's passed on to our kids and the cycle of trauma and violence and addiction continues. And that's my, that's, uh, my biggest focus now as well is uh, my, I have a daughter who's five years old. So I'm trying to break that cycle. Right. Yeah. That's time to start. Yep. I, I don't mean to be plugging anyone else's book, but there's a great book, um, Kevin, Adam, and, and Jim on that. And you might have, you might have read it is The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. And he mm. talks about that, how we pass all these things on to our children. Yeah. And, uh, Gabor Mate is also great. Yes. I was just about to mention him. That was my next words coming out of my mouth. You got good taste, Adam. Yeah. And, oh, but he's a great, great resource. Like huge. Like he, he believes just like you guys are saying, everything's passed down from trauma. 
You know, yeah, I in fact, be... yeah, I was just gonna say, in fact, I have that book on order about the heavenly ghosts. Um, the, the hungry ghosts. Hungry, yeah. hungry ghosts. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it is based. It is based on a Buddhist principle, isn't it? The hungry ghost is a Buddhist thing. Yes, that's a realm of um, exactly uh, samsara in the Buddhist principle in the wheel mm -hmm. of samsara. And there's a an amazing uh, movie called The Wisdom of Trauma that I highly recommend anybody mm -hmm. that's doing healing work to check out. You can um, watch it for free. Uh, on their website. Cool. And it, you know, this could be a topic for for another thing, but that, you know, with the trauma and and that, you know, being repetitive is, uh, you know, when, when we hear somebody talk about alcoholism being hereditary, um, you know, most of my friends all experience trauma. Their parents ex experience trauma. Their parents experience trauma. You know, it, that's, you know, where I definitely believe it's a, it's an illness, um, you know, it's a disorder, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I, I still can't, I don't have an opinion on whether it's hereditary or, or, you know, or if it's, you know, trauma, but everything that we go through is trauma based. You know, I don't want to take the trauma thing too far, but, you know, you have to look at it. I have to look at it, you know, yeah. because... There are, I do have friends that didn't experience any significant trauma in their life and, and their parents weren't alcoholics and, you know, um, they didn't live a perfect life, but they didn't live a life like me and they were still an addict, you know, so, yeah. you know. It's definitely but, a top, another topic worth yeah. discussing for sure. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that I, I, I really do think, I mean, you could just see by four grown men sitting here on a Sunday afternoon talking about this, that this really is, to me, the most important thing in my life. Right. And, uh, and that's why I stress so much to, to, you know, once you realize that you got to do these things, make it a commitment to yourself. Don't, don't you know, uh, uh, just, you know, an unchangeable and unwavering commitment that's no matter what, you know, it, and it may not be easy every day. And you all know that. Um, but it's just a commitment. Once you make a commitment, I mean, that's it. That's like, you know, you put the seal on it. Um, I'm doing it. You know, this is, this is me for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this because I've been the other way. I don't want to go back there. I don't think any of you want to go back there, you know, um, be, before the way we, you know, right, right when we started drinking or drugging or, or what have you. Um, yeah, I don't want to go back to that point. That, that, that was horrible um but this is this is so much more freeing i think it's uh, I, I i like feeling empowered like this um i like i like viewing the world with 2020 vision now you know yeah. i didn't have that before yeah good and bad you know you see the good and bad in the world i mean we all know what's happening throughout the world today um but there are there are good things um, there are beautiful things that that are happening throughout the world as well, and there there's some you know some horrible things. So um, I think it's um, I think it's William William James, um, and I'll tell you what Oprah Winfrey stole this from William James. What William James said, um, it's what we give our attention to, what we focus on, is 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 what's going to happen in our lives. You know, because we focus on something that's going to be 
then, then it's going to, you know, we're going to think about that. Those thoughts going to turn into emotions. Emotions be turned into uh, behaviors. Behaviors be turned turn into habits. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just what we focus on. But yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, the William James is also referenced in the big book, uh, The Varieties of Religious Experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a heavy, pretty heavy book, but uh, it talks about the different concepts of spiritual experiences um, as opposed to a spiritual awakening. Mm. And um, a spiritual experience is defined as something that happens quick, um, like a quick flash of uh, awakening. And um, the spiritual awakening is something that happens slowly over a period of time. And I think that as we live these commitments and continue to make healthy choices and, you know, to continue to engage in all the things we've talked about, our spiritual awakening grows uh, uh, as a daily process. You know, I mean, that's been my experience is like, the more I engage in this stuff, uh, the more my eyes open wider and wider to uh, a more beautiful world that my heart knows is possible. Um, I remember just recently listening to a, a talk by um, Ram Das about how to live in uh, hell with your heart uh, open wide. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But you, you, you've heard what, uh, I forget who said this, but uh, I'm not sure if it was Winston Churchill or somebody who said that uh, if, you're, if you're in hell, keep walking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Keep, you don't have to stay there. Just keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know, that for me, there was a whole chain of spiritual experiences that became a spiritual awakening. Yeah. You know, it, it you know, like, uh, they all, had, uh, especially when I went through the 12 steps, I had quite a few spiritual, you know, uh, experiences. The third step was a big one. When I decided that I wanted this and that, you know, I wanted it bad, you know, and I actually, I had been through the steps many times before, but when I made that conscious decision to get better, the, all the, I had several you know, spiritual experiences with the third step, with the 12th step. I mean, there was, there was a bunch of them. And, and listening to other people, what they had to say, and, and you know, um, even Bible studies, you know, for me, brought on spiritual experiences. And then at one point, you know, I, I you know, reflected on all of them and realized this is a spiritual awakening. You know, and this is what they're talking about. You know, this yeah. is how I get better. You know, like Dr. Young said that, you know, I haven't seen many that did, but, you know, and you probably won't either. But you'll, you know, I have seen it work, you know, with the spiritual awakening. And that's part of seeking happiness is the gradual process. And you got to continue to. You got to continue seeking. You do. You do. And and that's a good point, Jim, because, um, yeah, I want to say 90% of it 
like we said before, and I think we all agreed, it comes from within happiness. But there are external strategies for happiness. Like we mentioned, things that make you happy on a, on a daily or weekly basis. Like, you know, for me, it, it's spending time with my grandson and my, my uh, stepson. And we do, we just simple as this, man. We just do this wee bowling thing. And it's like the three of us. We got our own little club, man. Everybody's trying. And the two of them have hit 300s. I, I still haven't. But it's just like a fun thing. So having fun, treating yourself to fun or, or humor or comedy or laughter or, or just smiling yeah. on any given day is, is nothing but positive. Yeah. No matter what, it, you know, I mean, as long as it's not to any detriment of, of, of another human being, having fun is a great thing, you know, smiling. Uh, it, it's interesting. And I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but if you smile, even if you just put on a fake smile, okay, you just put on a fake smile, your brain does not know that that's a fake smile. So, <laughs> what caused you to smile the things that the brain initiated the you know all, all the, the chemicals that come out and and create you to uh make that smile by smiling you're going to get those benefits anyway from your brain so it's kind of a crazy thing when i learned that i'm like really and then i tried it i, I would wake up sometimes a little bit anxious and i'd start to meditate but I wouldn't meditate, just meditate. I'd meditate and try and force a smile on my face. And again, it was a lot better. I mean, it really made a difference. So something simple like that. But, you know, these are like little external things that you pick up and, you know, you pass along to everybody else. And uh, hopefully some people find that beneficial. Yeah. You know. I'm, all, I'm reminded of a, uh, there's a meta meditation that uh, Tara Brock does. Oh, Tara Brock. Um, yeah, on um, YouTube. That's really, really just a great somatic meditation where she walks you through different parts of the body, just smiling. Um, and it's been really effective for me. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah and what I'm, you know, um, acquiring and retaining in my head about the three commitments is you know they all lead up to um happiness you know i mean you know happiness is part of it but um you know when you start practicing those things that other people tell you to do and and you you know you pick for me it was a a, a decision to pick you know which road i wanted to go down and how i wanted to do it but in the end you know, I, I love when you said um, playing with the grandchild, you know, I mean, um, those first moments of clarity when, you know, when, when you start getting better, you know, are indescribable to me, you know, um, I was just thinking about it and I actually wrote a little piece about it, you know, you start seeing the vibrant colors outside and the sun rising, you know, the moon coming up and um you know it, it it's just amazing because i'm you know in practicing and committing that kind of stuff to my life everything started falling into place you know it's not that my kids didn't want to have anything to do with me but they didn't you know they supported me 
what they'd seen over the years, all the broken promises and, and this and that, and, you know, and they're leery, you know, they were leery. Um, you know, and this last time after being sober for, you know, over a year, my daughter asked me to come down and help watch the kids, you know, while she was at work. I was in Philly and, you know, she's um, where I'm at now in North Carolina. And, you know, initially I was like, yeah, of course, you know, and, and you know, that made me happy, you know, that people that were leery of me before, trust me now, you know, to watch their children, you know, she wouldn't even, you know, if this happened 10 years ago, <laughs> you know, it, it would have never, ever, ever happened. I couldn't even take care of myself, let alone take care of a child. And, and they know that firsthand, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's great when you look back and you realize, you know, everything that you've been doing and continue to do leads you to the place where you want to be. I mean, I, it sounds kind of corny or whatever, but it's the truth. Yeah, it is. It is the truth. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, and, and I think it's, um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz in, in, in the four agreements talks about, um, our childlike state. Um, you know, when you look at a little two-year-old running around, okay, they're, they're doing nothing but having fun. I mean, that, that's their sole purpose in life is to be happy. And, and even if, even if they get into like a little, little tiff with one of their playmates man it's over in a couple of minutes and they're back to playing with each other they're not holding grudges resentment bitterness no that, that's they're living in the present and and that's it that's their thing is just to enjoy themselves and have fun i'm not saying that that shirk you know we should shirk our responsibilities but just to keep that child childlikeness inside of us you know that it, it to me it, I don't know. It keeps me from aging. I think <laughs> yeah. you got to have it. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. That's um, the, yeah. That's the real happiness. The, you know, I, I can still remember the first time in a long time that I actually had a, you know, a, a, a side splitting or hurting laugh. You know, I, I hadn't <laughs> laughed in years. I mean, I did a little chuckle here and there, you know, but I hadn't laughed, laughed in a long time. You know, and gradually all this stuff comes coming back. You know, I, and I laugh on a daily basis now, where I hadn't laughed in years, twenty years. You know, really laughed, mm. got enjoyment out of something. You know, got got get enjoyment out of my grandchildren, and you know, I can laugh at the stuff they do. You know, and I don't have to worry about discipline disciplining them too much because that's mom's, that's mm -hmm. mom and dad's area. You know, I mean, of course, I have to here and there, but. You know, it's just great. You know, life is great. Yeah, it is. As long as you do the third commitment and you seek happiness and you seek contentment, life could be great. Yep. Yeah. Big difference between happiness and just uh, momentary pleasure. Right. That, that just doesn't last. I mean, happiness is more long lasting. Contentment is even, is even more permanent than happiness because even the happiest person isn't happy all the time but once you've reached that point of contentment like you were talking about jim you know before 
you know, at, by the end of the day, all the stuff you've done and nine o'clock comes and you, you know, ha have your little time for yourself. I mean, you got to feel content and sat satisfied with your day, you know, and that, yeah, that's yeah. something that could happen every day. You know, you, you, you can have contentment every day. Even on an unhappy day, <laughs> you'll find contentment. As long as you're searching for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. What is this the saying? Ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. So seek it out. Hopefully you right. receive something. Right, right. But yeah, one of the last things I want to talk about was this great line. Great line that says, choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. How would you say you guys are going about doing that? And I'll repeat oh. it again. It's how to keep one second. What was it? it was choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. Um, for, for me, I keep, um, I look at every day. I'm not a competitive person. Uh, if I, the, the only thing I, the only person I compete with is me. Yeah. I want to be a better version of who I was yesterday. <clears throat> and, um, whatever it takes you know to me it's a lot i mean i'm, I'm a big reader um and i i just enjoy knowledge um i i enjoy reading self-improvement books and any anything that, that takes me to the next level of happiness you know that to me that's what does it and then applying you know what you learn you know so and of course i like to share with what i learned so um I'm um, already started on the next book, and um, you know that that's again that's that's part of my recovery as well. So you know, yeah, and um, I like how you wrote "choose the rest of your life." You have to make a decision to do that. You have to choose. You do. You want to be better. You have to really make a choice. You have to make a solid choice. Yeah. So many of us had said, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. <clears throat> but we never made a solid commitment. And that's what your article is about, is commitments. And you have to choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. For me, not to sound repetitive, that's just doing things like this. And so I say to myself, will you be doing this in 30 years? And I will. Hmm. I'm choosing the rest of my life to be the best of my life. So what I'm doing now, I'm going to continue doing. You know, it's me seeking contentment through helping other people, which is completely okay. It's the, you mentioned the Dalai Lama before. He talks about the concept of being selfish. He goes, some people are just selfish, but if you're going to be selfish, be wise selfish. Uh -huh. yep. And, what, and that. what that means is, for me, like this does get me going. I enjoy doing this. It gives me a little bit of a high. Um, I joke around, say I'm addicted to my recovery. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it for me but it's helping other people at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like what generosity is about. It's about you're doing something for somebody else, but you're also doing it for yourself too, because it makes you feel good. Right. Oh yeah. This is, it's just <laughs> another, another form of, of, of generosity that you're talking about, Jim, by, you know, uh, sharing it with other people, you know, what you've learned and what, what's made you happy. You know, and to expand on that choice thing, um, you know, there's a lot of debate 
on, you know, from people who don't have our disease or our disorder that, you know, the whole addiction thing is a choice, you know, and the way I look at it is it wasn't a choice that we got this disease. Right. But once we know we have it, it's our responsibility to do something about it. And that takes a choice. You know, do I want to keep living the way I lived before or do I want to get better? You know, and if I keep choosing the other way, you know, it's a known fact. Nothing's going to get better. You know, you may, um, you may lie to yourself, you know, and say you're doing better, but it, it's not going to happen until you make that choice to get better. Um, you know, things won't get better. And once you make that choice and you stick to it and, you know, for me, like I said, it's repetition every day. Um, you know, I mean, life isn't going to change. You're, you're not going to be living a better lifestyle. You're not going to be happy and you're not going to be sober, you know? So it's up to you to, it's up to the person, each individual to make the choice. Once they know they had this disease and they're aware of it, then it does become a choice as far as I'm concerned. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I'm reminded of, um, as far as that, uh, choosing the rest of your life, life to be your best life. Um, I, I'm reminded of um, a TED talk I listened to years ago by a college professor who was dying of cancer. And it was his last talk. And he talked about, you know, the concept of living each day like it's your last. And um, I... Um, just really appreciate and understand the, the concept of, of gratitude mm -hmm. and really just appreciating um, like, you know, the small little joys in life. Um, the time I get to spend with my daughter and in nature and like you said, having fun and um, becoming again as a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven as they uh the biblical Christian quote, but there's a lot to that. And um, just embracing the moment, the present moment and engaging fully in life. Absolutely. Applying Buddha principles. Yep. Yeah, so um, for me also, you have to, do things now that you know are going to make you happy. It's about planting seeds along the way. Because right now you might be, you know, at a point where you're doing well. But unless you're still planting seeds for your future, you, it's, you might see a lot of, no matter what, you're going to have ups and downs. You know what I mean? Like people in your life, they're going to pass away. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose family. You're going to get in arguments with someone. Maybe your daughter's not talking to you right now. You're going to suffer. Just like the Buddha say, you're going to suffer. But it's about making that choice and planting seeds for your future. I think that's important when you're saying choose the rest of your life to be the best of your life. Mm -hmm. You need to plant seeds for that best life. We, we reap what we sow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, I think this was a great talk. Does anyone else have anything they want to add in? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, thank you guys for 
today. That was great. I had a good time. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we're definitely going to do this again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, where where can we get a copy of the book? Uh, um, yeah, Joey. <laughs> and, uh, here you go. Here's your big moment to pitch the book. Make sure you get everything out where they know to find it. Uh, anything you need, just let it. Okay. Let it. Again, can you see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll read the. It's uh, you have the power to fully recover from your alcohol use disorder. No steps required. Okay. Now it's in paperback. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. There's reviews up there. Um, but right now, just a little, a little hint. I don't know if you guys like to read on on, on Kindle or whatever. But you could go and um, they're doing a Kindle sale right now at Amazon. Ninety nine. To, to, and you could just and actually they have the first five chapters up there just to read if you, if you want to just you know free sample kind of thing just to go on amazon and, and click on kindle you know click on the book and then click on kindle and and, and you could you know, you know at least get an idea of where the book is leading to but you kind of have an idea because this chapter is pretty much one of the most important ones that i think making that commitment and i followed that theme through a lot of the rest of the chapters um so yeah, it's it's available online at Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, even Walmart.com. <laughs> um, it, it, it's at um, I think it's at some. Um, there's a um, an online site that that distributes or not distributes but sells to um, college students. You know, textbooks. It's on there as well. I forget what that's called, but um, I, I think the easiest way is just go to you know, go on Amazon Kindle for $2.99. You can get it right, you know, downloaded right to you, you know, as a PDF right on your Kindle or, or right on your phone even, you know, so. But, um, and my last question for you, Kevin, or uh, uh, real quick, not Kevin, I'm sorry, Joey. What's your next project? I know you said you're working on the next project, just out of sheer curiosity. Oh, the next project is um, managing stress in sobriety. Oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, we actually did cup, you know, touch about touch on a few of the things like self care, um, but there, there's there's quite a bit more, and uh, yeah, I'm working on that now. So, all right, cool. So, sounds like we are going to wrap it up now. Here's my little sales pitch at the end. Now, if you like what you heard and saw, click below, subscribe, also give us a like. You can find Addicts Anonymous on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. You can also find us on Facebook where I say to everyone, go to the events tab. It'll give you a link to Zoom meetings. We do nightly at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's all we have until for today. Excuse me. And don't forget about TikTok. Sorry. Oh, that's right. We're on TikTok as well. See, that's why Kevin is ahead of our social media. So definitely check us out on TikTok as well. And if you go follow to our website, like. say again. Follow and like. Yeah, follow and like us. Absolutely. Yep. And if you go to our website, addicts-anonymous.com, we've got a ton of literature available. There's a ton of resources. You just click on the links. And you can also, in the upper right-hand corner, see all of our social media. That includes TikTok. So that's all we got for today. And until next time. Okay.